Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who just listen to us on the podcast or watch us on YouTube, the last few weeks, D-Doc has been putting his magic together, and we are going live. We went live last week. We're going live this week. It is Joe in the pilot seat. Uh, D-Doc, who is our producer, technician, everything, he's right here by my side. Our regular host, Alfie's with us, and we're going to have a special guest tonight, Mr. Michael Havens from the ICCCon in Nashville. He's waving there, so hopefully you're watching live and enjoying this. Hello. But, uh, yeah. So there's <laughs> Michael. Need some audio. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're we're gonna talk a little Bad Batch, talk a little Mandalorian, and definitely talk about the ICC Con in Nashville. So I'll start off. I'll, I'll whip it around the horn here. Um, at, and what's that thing called again, D Doc? So I don't mess it up. The Beacon. Is that what we are? Yeah, Beacon. Uh, I could have done it on Linktree. I did it on Beacon. So That's we okay. have a Beacon link. So pretty much on our Instagram, on our YouTube probably, and on our Twitter, you can see the link to our Beacon, which has all of our connectivity on there. Go check that out. And uh, we'll also retweet back out later the um, – that's if, if we're allowed to tweet anymore. I don't know all the rule changes. Uh, we'll, we'll put that out there with uh, our where to buy our stuff, our gear, our merch as well. So um, I'll just start right now. Alfie, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. I'm doing pretty good. Another solid week of Star Wars. Excited to talk about that and ready to get into uh, this ICCC. Getting excited about heading down there again. You got it. You got it. Uh, D-Doc, this is going to be your first trip to the uh, ICC Con in Nashville, but how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of really fun Star Wars stuff to talk about, and uh, Last year, as we know, I've probably said it like 15 times or 20 times on this podcast that I was having the baby at the time last year and had to cancel the plane ticket. But I'm going this year. I'm really jacked up. I know you guys had a good time. I even made some friends through you guys just going there, of people who just follow me now. And I feel like I know them through the Internet. So I'm really excited to head down there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you will have fun. And the reason this whole thing takes off here on Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through the 28th, I believe, is because of this man who's our guest, who's been our guest before, and he was such a great host to us last year down in Nashville, Mr. Michael Havens. Michael, welcome back to the show. How are you? I appreciate it, Joe. I'm doing great, man. I got no complaints, and thank you very much for having me on again. It's always nice to be on the Rule of Galaxy podcast. Uh, I really like what you guys do, and you guys have just been growing and growing, huh? Just like yes. us. Hey, we're having fun. I, I wish we were growing at your pace, but but yeah, we, we've been growing, been trying some new things, you know, adding in the live shows, adding in more YouTube, all that kind of stuff. And I think uh, like, like D-Doc mentioned, you know, Alfie, myself, Brent, uh, we made friends with 
Matt and Jim and then uh, Headless Ned and <laughs> Rex Tano and, and so many other different people, uh, the Duchess, while we were there at the IACC uh, con last year. And that's that's kept going since then. Right. Um, and so oh, yeah. we're really excited about it. And we're really excited. You know, uh, let, let's just start off with that. I mean, I'll let you kind of tell the folks where to go, how to get there, where if there are tickets left still, all that kind of stuff. But give them the, the 30,000 foot view of, of ICC and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, well, we started in 2018 and we're still going. This is going to be ICC Con Part V in 2023. Um, we are coming back for our fifth ICC Con. And what has happened, it's been really wonderful, is uh, between wonderful podcasts like you and uh, other people and people that have talked and people that have uh, talked about their time at the con and uh, even guest stars that have talked about their time at the con has grown us so quickly um, it's a breakneck speed and we appreciate it and we love it. And, uh, now that we have guest stars hopping on where they, uh, they're doing like spoilers and whatnot on main stages. I mean, it's been getting crazier and crazier as the days go on. Uh, my phone rings with really cool guest stars on a regular basis. Uh, I'm doing more work than I need to and more work than I should, but it's getting done. And, uh, I have a wonderful team that helps me so much. And, uh, we've really, We've built something that, man, it's it's rolling. What happened is last year, um, you guys you guys know, it was mm -hmm. crazy. And uh, I'm sorry, but I didn't expect that many human beings to be in one place ever <laughs> for something I was doing. Um, so, yeah, at 1230 on Saturday, we did have to stop selling tickets. And, man, it was so bad. We couldn't even, like, let people in because it was so packed. So we were giving away free badges for Sunday for people to come back. Wow. Um, it was it was great. I mean, that's how you grow. You you can't see it coming, but I mean, we had triple the amount of people last year that we had the year before. Um, and it went crazy. And now that there were a, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, the emperor being like, you can feel my presence, man, that thing took off like <laughs> 8 billion hits everywhere all over TikTok. And then I was lucky enough to go, uh, out to celebration in Anaheim and I got to hang out with the emperor again and we were hanging out and I, uh, I ended up going to Galaxy's Edge with him. He invited me to Galaxy's Edge. The thing is, it was freaking awesome. Everything you ever imagined, <laughs> by the way. Like, totally. I was sitting in this chair. The Emperor was sitting in this chair. And we're literally going through Rise of the Resistance. Uh. And the AT-ATs are over us. And he goes, I never imagined it would get this big. And I was like, this is the <laughs> coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Right. Because see, the thing is, I'm like a legit fan. So it's a trip, man. Believe me, it is not wasted on me. Um, so the thing is, is, the reason why I brought that up is because we were there and there were a lot of videos of people on Galaxy's Edge where I'm like standing between the 8000 humans from Star Wars and the Emperor. Because what happened is the Disney dude that was like showing us around, he kept like leaving us. And being like, listen, I have to go get your badges for here. I have to go get your line skips for Rise of the Resistance, which is nice and everything. Because, yes, you do get into Oogas or Oolas or whatever like like that. When you're right. with the Emperor, man, you don't wait for a table at Oogas. <laughs> and uh, so what happened is we're, we're going through. So he, the Disney dude keeps leaving us, right? So he's leaving the Emperor in Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim, California on Star Wars night, like nobody's going to recognize him, right? And I'm standing there being like, please don't kill me, everybody. And you know what I mean? But I ended up on so many TikToks and Twitters and this and that's because of that. 
it ended up that even ended up just going crazy. I mean, we had a shut off. We only have the waiting list for podcasts now. Um, we used wow. to, yeah, we used to be like, come, come everybody. But the thing is, we're already up to like 62 press. And I mean, so we've had to start really, it's crazy. Cause it's, we, we always want it to be everybody all the time, but it's just, it's gotten so big that, uh, we have to be, well, I mean, we've always been super selective. You see our vendor tables, man. I think I turned down more vendor tables than I accept, <laughs> but they're all cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really, really snowballed and it's snowballed because of great folks like you that come and talk about it and bring it up and you you bring your own swag and you trade with your friends and you party all night because you guys know me. 6.30 hits and I'm like, I am dead and I'm trying to sneak <laughs> through a back door into a hotel with Taco Bell. I'm <laughs> done. You know, you guys are the ones that rage all night and do this and do that and it's a party and there's trading and buying and selling. I'm asleep. But that's the magic of this, man. That doesn't happen at every convention. And that's just the community aspect, because no matter what way you cut it, this started from the Imperial Commissary Facebook groups, and it started from meetups in toy stores with 14 people. Yeah. That turned into 30 people, then 50 people, then 500 people, now like thousands and thousands of people. We had 6,900 people walk through the door last year. That is bonkers like just on saturday 6900 people like if you do the numbers like a regular convention does that would technically be like 12 to 15000 people cuz what they do is they add all the days together and what we do is we go you bought a weekend pass that means you're one you gotcha. know what I mean? so those numbers are killer and that exploded from wherever we were before and <laughs> what has happened is we can't do that venue anymore even though we love the music city sheridan no bad mm -hmm. blood great place we just outgrew it um so our only choices where we go downtown to the music city center which is a beautiful venue don't get me wrong did i pick the worst video camera ever for your live video i'm sorry no, I, I, I like it. it looks like you're in an aquarium i love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have decent tech we're just not on it right now um <clears throat> but uh so what happened is it was so overpacked that what we were going to do is we were going to move it to the Music City Center. And I looked into the Music City Center, and it's a wonderful venue. It is a wonderful venue if they're doing the NFL Draft or the Country Music Awards. For a convention with real humans that don't make $40 billion a year, it's literally the worst place in the world. Because parking is minimum $45. Hotel oh. rooms in downtown Nashville and downtown Nashville is crazy. So hotel rooms, minimum $650 or you're staying in like Murderville. You know what I mean? Like not nice places. Um, <laughs> if you stay in like, and I, I'm just talking about like the Drury in Nashville is like 650 mm -hmm. bucks a night. Man. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's nothing wrong with a Drury, but it's a Drury for 650 bucks a night. You can get an RV. Um, so I was like, all right, what do we do? We can't go there and we can't go there because it, it just prices everybody out and it beats everybody up. And the whole point of this convention is not to do that. So we go, all right, we can't do downtown. Plus, man, it would have been $9 sodas. And I have been saying, I'm not going to charge you $9 for a soda for, what, six years? <laughs> I'm not going to go charge you $9 for or $11, $12 now. God knows with what eggs cost. Who knows what a soda would be there. <laughs> but, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm man, I'm... I'm drawing blanks. I'm literally looking at land because I'm going to just build it because I'm like, whatever, you know? And uh, I actually drove out this property behind Kid Rock's house out here. And I'm like way up in the woods and you can see Kid Rock's house down there. And I was literally thinking about buying it. And then I stumbled upon 
back in the day, I used to go to gun shows out here at the uh, Wilson County Fairgrounds in uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. And it was just three little metal green buildings, like a fairgrounds, you know, mm -hmm. nice big ones and everything. And uh, I was like, all right, you know, it's whatever. I can't go there, you know, because it's like, bah. so anyway, State Farm or no, Farm Bureau bought it. What's up, brother? Farm or no, sister, how you doing? <laughs> see how bad my tech is? I can't see nothing. But uh, so Farm Bureau uh, bought it out like five years ago. And they put in like a giant convention center. So I didn't know. I go out to look at it because somebody pitches it to me and says, you got to go look at this. So I say, fine, whatever. You know, I'm going to go look at three barns. I'm not going backwards. Forget that. So I go to look at it. And, man, they just put in like this big, giant um, convention center, like legit rectangle buildings, air walls, LED projectors on the screens, nice floors. Like, you know, like the floors in a nice convention center where you lift up those little panels and there's like electric every three feet and water and power and ethernet. And dude, it is great. So I'm looking around at this and I'm going, all right, this building is awesome, right? So what else? What What's the outside? And here's the thing, right? Because see, what happens is they put the Farm Bureau Convention Center right in in the middle of the Wilson County AG Center. The thing is, is the, the Farm Bureau is owned by Farm Bureau. It doesn't have to do with, it's like the Vatican and Italy. Uh -huh. So what I did is I rented the Vatican and Italy because they couldn't close the back building. So it could have been like 4-H rabbit show behind ICCCon on Saturday. So I was like, listen, I need to be able to lock all this down, how much to buy everything. And uh, it was a lot. It is actually way more than the other place, but it's so much bigger, right? Yeah. So what I'm doing is I got three stages now. I've got an entire historic town like that you can walk through with like 80 buildings in it and do cosplay or whatever. Schools, they're going to have fried bologna sandwiches, general store. They're going to have jug band music on the backstage. They're going to have uh, all this different stuff. They got some lady that makes brooms out of like, wheat or something there's some guy that'll teach you about goats like it's crazy right it's like this whole thing it's called fiddler's grove you can look it up they do like you can go there on like a tuesday and like pay 20 bucks or something but i just like bought the tiny town you know what i mean and then there was also this train museum that was also pressed up against the property that has a whole bunch of model trains in it and i'm like all right we're a collector's convention can i buy the train museum and they're like yes you can so i was like i'll take it and then uh, I bought a bunch of land out in the back, too, man. So we're going to get food trucks. And mm -hmm. I even got a helicopter so we could have helicopter rides. Like, it's going to be bonkers. Um, and what I just finished locking down today, here, I'll give you a spoiler, is I don't even have the blog post written up yet. But I'm throwing a demolition derby on Saturday night. So we're going to watch them <laughs> crash into each other. It's going to be bonkers. You're not going to be able to fit this thing into the word convention, but it'll be a heck of an experience. Oh, my gosh. It. It's I love gonna it. It's going to be nuts, brother. I love but, it. Uh, I'm psyched. Yeah. Oh, I mean, here, here we are. And, yes, we're based off Star Wars stuff. But we there's so many other things we all love, right? Yeah. And And crashing of cars, great. You know, train collecting, great. All the... I'm excited. I I think you're right. It's no longer the the ICC con. It's more of the ICC experience, yeah. right? Um, well, we so, even, I don't yeah. know if you guys know because you stay at the host hotels, right? Which, by the way, mm -hmm. if you're staying at host hotels, um, the only one that has rooms left uh, is four rooms at the True, and there are uh, 43 rooms left at the 
Hampton Inn and Suites. That's it. Everything else is sold out. Um, we do have backup hotels that I'll open, but I won't open those till these are sold out. Okay. Um, but the hotels are going to be nuts because what's happening now is because we rent all these hotels, we get all the meeting rooms downstairs. So, you know, if you guys want to do a podcast from the show or something, I mean, there's going to be like a circus in one room. There's going to be like this meetup of a collector's club. Dude, I'm telling you, the hotel is going to be nuts. I'm going to be asleep, but it's going to be nuts. Because see, the thing is, is I got these four hotels and they're all owned by the same company and they're all within three tenths of a mile of each other. And the only thing in that three tenths of a mile besides these hotels is a Buffalo Wild Wings and a liquor store. That's I think you'll be fine, you know, and across the street is a giant movie theater. So and it's the it's the 40th anniversary return of the Jedi on the Thursday before the show. Oh, my God. Please call the movie theaters. I tried to rent a movie theater out so I could play it. They will not do it for me. They have to see enough interest. I'm like, I'm throwing a Star Wars convention down the road. I can fill it <laughs> and uh, because they have to buy the reel, too. But maybe if somebody out there listening to your thing or whatever knows a guy who knows a guy. Call up. It's a. I think it's a, an AMC right across the street. Okay. And uh, if we can maybe make their phone ring enough, maybe we can make Return of the Jedi happen on the big screen, which Love would be it. awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be crazy. So anyway, the reason why I brought up the host hotels, not because they're selling out, but because I'm doing something else, which I haven't announced. But since I'm talking to you, wonderful four guys, why not? Um, <laughs> what I did is I all right, I bought these big buses. <laughs> Like, so what they'll do is they'll go back and forth to the con all day and they'll go back and forth to the hotels all day. And then at night on Friday and Saturday, they'll cart you back and forth to downtown Nashville. So downtown Nashville is essentially our downtown Disney. And we will bring you back and forth. Keep your badge on. You don't lose it. Nice. Um, but yeah, I got these big old 55 person ADA compliant burp, burp, cross the nation buses, man. They're going to be awesome. I think that yeah. sounds like a plan, fellas. You don't have to do nothing, man. Just make sure you don't lose that badge because I'm quite sure some people will have a couple beverages in downtown Nashville before they come home on that midnight shuttle bus. Well, I want to I want to back backtrack real quick because yeah, you you own a toy store, right? Wife, you, my you, wife. Your wife yep. owns a toy store. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did it get broken into? Did it oh, get yeah. uh, so that story? Like I saw it, and it's been a while, so I, yeah. I forget all the details. But here, here's her toy store in Tennessee, yeah. and somebody broke in. Everything, everybody's okay, right? It's yeah. been repaired, all that kind of stuff. But, but how crazy is that that somebody did that to you guys? It, Just, it was actually it was pretty crazy, man. Uh, all right, well, what happened? is it was like day before Christmas or two days before Christmas or something like that. It was freezing cold. And uh, we get a call uh, from some guy that was with, there's a really like the highest end tattoo parlor ever. Like, uh, I don't know. I have a couple tattoos, you know, and I have never been in some place that is like so nice to go get a tattoo. It's I, I, I haven't gotten a tattoo there, but I don't know. The reason why I'm explaining it's called Titan Tattoo. If you want to get a tattoo, it's a beautiful place. But it's so funny because, like, it's like, I don't know, the Four Seasons the Tattoo Studios, you know what I mean? It's, like, really right. nice. And uh, so, anyway, what happens is the guy called us from Titan Tattoo, and he's like, listen, uh, your door is broken into. Um, and we were like, oh, wow, you know. So we drove out there. That was about noon the day after it happened. It happened at 1 in the morning. 
Um, not another single thing was stolen. The only person ever to walk in the store between all that time was that one guy. We live in a really safe neighborhood, actually. Um, or we, we have a store in a safe neighborhood. But what happened is this guy, I guess, was crazy story. So the cops have caught him now. It's done. Uh, he, they got him down in Knoxville. He was selling stuff to some collector up in Minnesota. The guy in Minnesota gave him a list. So what he did is he hit us. He hit a really high-end rare Mike mountain bike shop. Wow. He hit a really, really rare violin store. He hit all these really rare places for this shopping list for the guy. So the way they ended up catching him is they ended up catching him doing it at another one. And then in his phone were pictures of all our stores and all the stuff. Because oh. he went in before and was like, holy crap. So if you're wondering if my wife has like really, really high-end nice toys, yes, she does. <laughs> We're specifically targeted because of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, yeah, and... man, he stole so much worth of stuff. And I don't know, man, insurance did not work. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And I... Look, well, we I mean, got new insurance and it's all back together and it doesn't okay. matter, man. We're lucky enough. My wife does this. She's semi-retired. She was the controller for GMC, uh, Cadillac, Buick, everything. And she was like, you know, I want to stop working 60 hours a week. And I was like, great. I've got a two-car garage that's full of all the stuff that I don't want when <laughs> I buy my vintage stuff. Because I'll buy a collection of vintage toys. And I'll keep the stuff I want. And then it's like, well, there's 3,600 pops. And they just went in the garage, went in the garage, you know? Wow. And then so when she opened the store, I got my garages back and she got an entire store worth of inventory. It was really lovely. Perfect. Well, I, I'm going to let these guys hop around and ask questions and things like yeah. that. But real quick, Willie Harms, uh, DDoc guy, I see Willie Harms said, hey, we're going to have to get a few more C's in the ICC con. Uh, Willie, great follower of the show, listener of the show. And we got to meet Willie at the show last year. And we actually, it was really awesome. Myself and Nick, one of our co-hosts, uh, were sitting in and watching Ashley Eckstein, James Arnold Taylor, Matt Lanner, and Anna Graves with Willie. And it was just great to sit there with our listeners and be able to watch that kind of stuff. That's the kind of the kind of level that you bring to your shows. And, you know, Anna Graves has been nice. She's she's dealt with us, talked to us, take pictures with us. And now here you have Vanessa Marshall coming this coming year, and I sent a message out to her saying, hey, can we get 15 minutes with you while we're down there? She wrote me back right on Twitter. Of course. Boom. But, you know, so it's like those she's are the kind of people you bring. That's what, yeah. yeah, she's so nice. Yeah, so uh, it's awesome. But Alfie, D-Doc, Brent, because Brent showed up while you were talking there, so Brent, welcome to tonight's show. Um, I didn't even yeah. let you get introed, bro. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys go around. You're more people. important for sure. Guys, no, yeah. I don't know about that, man. With, with only me, Michael. I'd be sitting there alone with a billion dollars worth of guarantees nobody's going to cover. So I'm glad you guys are there. Trust me. <laughs> you got it. Alfie, D-Doc, Brent, you got anything for Michael? I just want to say, you know, last year was I, we had a great time. I loved it. And I was really happy to have been able to experience last year because that was one thing in the two days we were there that I kept thinking is, man, this thing is ready for the next level. And I'm, I'm, so I'm really excited to see where it goes compared to the way it was. Now I'm not trying to put last year down or anything because it was awesome seeing the, you know, you're getting a firsthand experience at something right before it goes to the next level. So I'm, I'm really excited. And Alfie's got a tattoo from last year's show. Alfie, where do you yes, have it? I on your wrist? I'm not taking the bowling glove oh, off. Oh, I forgot. You got the tattoo. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's well, he is coming back. So don't worry. You can get more this year. 
I have I have a plan. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, Brent, you had a great time last year, and I, Brent, Brent is a funny guy because he keeps his cool all the time. But there was times when I thought Brent was just walking around like a kid in a candy store last year <laughs> during during the IC. He didn't want con. us to see that. He no, tried to keep he didn't. Hidden. Are you saying when I saw Jar Jar, when I when I saw the Jar Jar walking around, or when well, I saw when I saw the man-sized Jawa, when I said hey, and he turned around and said Wootini, <laughs> because the Jawa had the actual like voice box of the Jawas. Those were two of quite possibly the best experiences of my life. Um, <laughs> then seeing the Twilic uh, belly dancer. Uh, and I believe friends with the Chiss. The Chiss. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that like those cosplayers. Cosplaying was one of the, my favorite things. I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did seeing the people walking around with cosplay. That was amazing to me. You brought you bring that up. Rick Prince was one of the 501st. He was Darth Maul while we were down there. And Rick's oh, yeah. been on our show since then as well. As well as the Hyperspace Heroes podcast. We met them down there. Those guys, I'll tell you what, Michael, they went hog wild with the after hours get together in the hotel for the uh, sales. Those yeah. guys were buying and selling like crazy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good time. But well, uh, the new sales area is much larger as well. That so new place. I do have one question, and it, it revolves around the theme of this season, of this year. And it's where did you land on rebels as your theme and then how did you land a couple of the people that you landed mm. like you don't have to get into all the details of whatever but like yeah. first how did you come up with rebels because i think it's genius and Thank i'm you. a fan i have several people that i've been sharing the uh releases that you've been pushing out um and trying to get them enticed to head down there as well but so rebels and then how did you land a few of them like yeah um well all right for Rebels, the way it worked is, uh, all right, the reason why Rebels is because I'm a huge, real Star Wars nerd, um, and you could smell Rebels coming back. You could smell them coming back a lot. Like, you could just, it's just coming. It's the way it is. Man, when they pop those, can I say stuff like that? Sure. Pop those whales up in Mando, I was like, oh. Yeah. But, like, you knew before that, and the reason why is because they were talking, you know what happened is uh, Ahsoka. They said that, what was it, uh, they were going to have uh, Hera in Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. and Sabine. Hera got cast in Ahsoka, and Sabine got cast. As soon as they did that, it was over. And the sheer fact that, I don't, I'm, believe me, I'm not trying to talk anything about any giant corporate monsters at all, but it's a huge miss. And the reason why it's a huge miss is because you're not a Star Wars nerd. If you're a Star Wars nerd, you smelled the Rebels coming. So the reason why I got them is because I know for a fact they're all going to be in Ahsoka. I know for a fact Thrawn's coming back. I know for a fact Thrawn and Ezra went on a spaceship with the whale thingies right at the end of Rebels. I know that for a fact. So I knew it was going to happen, man. How did I get them? What I do is um, originally when I first started my real job, it's a trucking company, logistics broker. And the way that you find freight originally is you pick up the phone and you cold call until your fingers <laughs> fall off. Um, that's what I did. <laughs> but luckily, over the years, I've built enough contacts and friends and even guest star friends that my first cold call was to James Arnold Taylor. And I say, hey, listen, bro, do you know anybody that does blah, 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 blah? 
and his wife knew uh, Vanessa. And then Vanessa said, oh, you know, it would be cool if you could get Taylor Gray. And I said, yes, it would be cool if I could get Taylor Gray. Do you think maybe you can get me his phone number or something? And uh, so then Taylor came next. Uh, and then I think we released, I think we released somebody between Taylor, her and Taylor. But that's Freddie, just because Freddie like, Prince? yeah, Freddie I mean, Prince Jr. So anyway, here's a weird one, right? So I'm I'm at a taco shop with this dude that's trying to pitch me on why I need to use him as one of my agents for the thing. And I'm like, dude, agents are agents. There's a million agents. Unless you're the guy that really reps anybody, it's there's eight million of you. But thanks for the taco, you know, free taco. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and he's like, well, I do. I do have a uh, only one person that I, I rep that is, you know, my specific person. And he, I go, who? And he goes, Freddie Prince Jr. And I go, holy crap, I'll take him. You know, it was just like that at some random lunch in a taco shop in, over by my wife's store in Nashville. And uh, he just came through. And then so we got Freddie Prince Jr. So then it became, all right, what's left? is zeb and uh sabine right mm -hmm. so what happened is and everybody thinks i'm a genius but i'm not it just worked out right oh. but uh so what happened is uh i get uh i i finally i locked down uh zeb steve bloom and uh i i get him all set and the thing is, is he's from hawaii so He's got to fly in from Hawaii, and it's like, oh, my God, mm. man, could you possibly make a flight from L.A. cost more, right? But whatever. <laughs> and then he's like, and I'm tall, so first class. And it's like, oh, all right, bro, fine. Uh, because, you know, I got to get Zeb, right? So anyway, I put all together the stuff for Zeb and everything, and he has final approval on the pictures and stuff, right? So I'm trying to jam it out because I can, I can smell it, guys. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm like, all right, I got his graphic, got his thing, got his thing, sent it all over to him. I'm putting it together so I could spit it out that morning because I just, he, it took a long time. And the reason why is because he's ridiculously busy. Because if you weren't aware, like when I was making his graphic, Zeb is not Zeb. That's like his smallest role ever. Mm -hmm. He's like Everything. every single anime person with the big yeah. sword you see at cosplay. He's those ones. He's like mm -hmm. the really important ones. And I know nothing about that. I'm a Star Wars nerd, right? I'm like, oh, geez, Zeb, will you come? He's like, man, I'll tell you what to put on the poster. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, so what happened is we released that last Friday, and then boom, what did we just see? Yep. And, uh, man. Oh, my I was God. Like, Amazing. Are you kidding blew, me? Blew my mind. You got one, like, a, you're going to have them maybe a month. The show's still going to be going on. I think, isn't it? No, it'll be over with. It'll, it'll be, be over by then. It'll yeah, be actually, just it'll be over, over with. with. But Ahsoka will be starting the month after, right? Oh, uh, in the summer. Fantastic. Yeah. An actual real-life active character from The Mandalorian, man. And since you guys are so nice, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? Tia. You, you're announcing Tia tomorrow? Sabine? Yep. Oh, Sabine? Man. Yeah. I'll be dropping Sabine tomorrow. No! Nice. So we have all the Rebels, and I oh, even have man. the droid builders bringing a chopper for the photo ops. Oh, oh that'd my be amazing. So you got you got the family. Dude, oh, nice. it was pulling teeth. Like literally, I'm tingly right now because you guys are the first person I yeah, you're it. There you go. Breaking news. Oh, breaking I thought I thought I thought you dropped them all. I thought we were gonna that was it. No, you I got one more to go, huh? Man. Yeah. One more to go. Coming out tomorrow, man. That's going to be uh, awesome. Tia, Tia Sakara is coming out tomorrow. So, yeah. And then we'll have all the Rebels. 
That's incredible. I mean, and then I just I, I have a few more guest stars. I still have to drop a couple more Star Wars things, and then I do have the uh, look at what we can do, what the other corporate gigantic con can't do. Um, I have a couple of those guest stars. So if you happen to enjoy um, Marvel, okay, maybe be something cool. But uh, yeah, uh, it's really we're we're in a whole different level now. <laughs> You know, I, I I was I went into um gosh, what was it Sabrina the Teenage Witch? What was her name? Um, uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. How I cool sat, was that? I, I watched her at Ahsoka sit and talk. Uh, Ashley Exine, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this is pretty cool." I'm I'm sitting at this convention. The guys are manning the table. I'm going to go over there and watch this. And then later on, I go and sit down. Like I said, half of the cast of Clone Wars is sitting right there, and I'm thinking how was this put together? And then, oh, by the way, Anthony Daniels walked out last year and then Ian McDermott. And I'm sitting there going, I really feel like I should be in LA right now, not Nashville, Tennessee or Nashville area. Yeah. And to hear that now you've said, okay, last year was that now this year is rebels, which as you can tell, that is, that is Brent's Brent's go-to on the animated side right there. Dude, I it's love the rebels. family. Rebels is, it's the yeah. family. It might be the best star Wars ever made. It's fantastic. And you know, my oh, so 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 some of our wives are coming this year. Last year was a guy thing. We were like, oh, you guys, let's go check this out, right? D Doc's flying in from Philadelphia to be a part of it, and and my wife is excited because Freddie Prince Jr. was in Friends. <laughs> she was he was on Twenty Four. He yeah. was Freddie in Scooby Doo. You know, you know what you did last summer? Exactly. Yeah. So she's she's like, oh, that's awesome, and I'm like, no, that's Kane and Jarris. That's Kane, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just I'm so stoked about all that. I'm, I'm really excited. I think everybody, everybody who's within a decent, you know, drive or whatever, needs to check it out because it's it's something like you mentioned. You don't get at the other big cons, and then uh, to go another step, not only did you have all that, but and then you have the whole section with all the toys. You have all the cosplay. But one of the things that really blew me away last year was the artwork some of the artwork that you had for sale in that place was just some of the best star wars artwork or or fandom artwork that i'd seen anywhere and the artists were right there and and the the variety that they had was just phenomenal so do you see that being a big part of it again more things like that collectibles as well as artwork and things we have a couple live artists that'll do live shows um on the stages um, we also have a circus that'll be going on as far as performance art. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, we also have the artists when it comes to music, but when you're talking about the actual paintings and fan mm-hmm. art and stuff like that, yes, we're huge on that in real life. I own a trucking company and I own art galleries. So I'm a big fan of art. I'm a big fan of artists. We make our tables ridiculously cheap for artists. Um, and the reason why is because it's tough to sell enough art to cover tables. Arts, it arts. Is. It takes a lot of time to make if it's good, and it takes a lot of effort, you know. And and if you're spending a thousand, two thousand dollars on a table, you, you you can't make your money back. So with artists, we make it really inexpensive. Um, and the thing is, is because of the type of artists that we have gotten, and see, we 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 do artists things where. You know, a poster or a T-shirt logo is made by an artist. So the coin is made by an artist or the badges are all made by an artist. Um, The reason why is we actually integrate the art community into this because we love it. That's see, here's the thing. 
you guys know, if you were around in the dark times, right, between the late 80s mm-hmm. and the early 90s or mid-90s, all that there was was fan art that was new. So I have such an unbelievable respect for the people that have created and kept Star Wars alive with it and that have also continued to create it and make beautiful things. And yes, we're lucky enough to have some very wonderful artists, but that's usually because I have sought them out, bought some of their stuff in the past and been like, dude, you got to do my show, you know? So, but uh, they no, the, the artists, and now that the artists are so good, um, I don't know. And I think everybody should have the opportunity to make what they want, do what they want. But the artists are so good. I don't think like the the bad ones that you see sometimes at other places would even bother because they'll just what are they going to sell, man? You got like Ken Beam there that like does all those dots with the black and white dot Star Destroyer. And it's like bonkers. It's like that would take me 6000 weeks. You know what I mean? And somehow he's got every character of everything you could ever think. And then you got Jeremiah that does uh, the the spray paint art where it's like the spray painted AT-ATs and the spray paint. It's really cool, man. But these are people that are true artists that also happen to make some uh, nerdy art as well, uh, yeah. which is really cool. Billy Martinez that did our badges last year. Um, I think I have some here. Yeah, that did these badges from last year. Mm-hmm. That was Billy Martinez. And he's actually crazy famous for... Uh, Art that is not Star Wars. It's called Girls by Billy Martinez. And uh, if you ever Google it, it's PG. Don't worry. (laughs) But uh, if you ever Google it, and he was a famous artist before he did the Star Wars thing. But see, we've always integrated that art thing. So it does draw a really good art community with us. Well, that's awesome. D-Doc, you you weren't there last year. We've discussed it over and over again. This is going to be your first time. Listening to all this, are there questions you have or things that are popping up you can bring to Michael or anything like that? Well, I just remember the first time we had Michael on, and that was when I was still going to be going to the convention. Um, <laughs> and I remember he said he was a fan of like Walt Disney and the way he did things like back in the day. Like that was one thing that stuck with me. And I'm like, and then I watched you guys from afar go to it. And as I, um, said to our ecpc tv guys a couple weeks ago i was telling them that i thought they did a great job broadcasting it because even though i was at home i was still able to feel like i was a part of things i was following you guys and watching it and uh yeah i see that i i definitely see the walt disney effect especially if you were thinking about buying land uh to to put it on too i, I mean, will like eventually we will because it's got to be you know I don't know. I want other I want other conventions to be able to have this too, man. And the thing is, we've gotten so big that I can do a big place like this. But I mean, I don't know, man. I like tiny conventions too, and they should have a place to throw their convention. So if I happen to have a building, why can't they use it? Right. We'll get there. I agree. And it was like <laughs> right when right when like the day before hit, I started seeing people just like hashtagging the ICCC like people on the road there and like i think it was hyperspace heroes that they were like posting like a road vlog kind of of like them like stopping at stops on the road and everything and then like i just was seeing all the stuff there and i just can't wait i mean i'm i'm just very excited to go there i wish i could have went last year but it sounds like my first year is going to be a banger honestly it's going to be awesome hey real quick a quick shout out to dr squatch Dr. Squatch, Dr. Squatch, Dr. Yeah, Squatch, Dr. Squatch. <laughs> Dr. Squatch. <laughs> he's 
great comments on, on everything here. And hey, look, we're getting a believer. He's he's looking to go to uh, to come the down event. and say hi. That's right. Yeah, you'll love it, brother. You'll love it. Seriously, I will say the one thing that blew me away was when Willie Harms walked up to me and said, "Hey, Brent, how are you doing?" Because was that not I, crazy? I had absolutely that's like the no most idea. insane thing that's ever happened in my life. I had absolutely no idea that. Actually, people listen to us, and the fact that he would know and recognize me was amazing. So, and if he was he, still on, it's amazing. It, it, yeah, it blew me away. So, yeah, Doctor Squatch, if you do get this ticket, you should get this ticket. Come up and say hi to the Rule of Galaxy peeps. The other thing is, I do want you to share the story, and I have told this story because I sat in the room when you were telling it to the ECPC TV guys about Palpatine and how he got the Palpatine walk. Oh. So. <laughs> I, I listened to you tell the story, and I think it deserves to be told to every Star Wars fan that has ever heard it. Um, and so, go ahead. I'll let you do it because you do a great job. You're a good storyteller. You have oh, you have a, you have a gift for it, but it is a fantastic story. I want to hear it. I want I want our listeners to hear it. I appreciate it. We'll do. Um, all right. Well, uh, I was uh, going to the airport to pick up Ian McDermott, um, and. Uh, I had this really, really cool Sprinter van, like Mercedes, top of the line TVs on both sides, like really nice because I wanted to impress the emperor. You know, you don't you don't show up in a land speeder when you're picking up the emperor. You get the best shuttle. So uh, I went there and we we go out and he comes into the into the thing and I got a Return of the Jedi on in the front and the back, you know, because I'm like, I'm going to be cool and he's going to be on TV and be like, oh, I like, you now, you know. So uh he gets in, he sits down, and we're watching it. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm on TV, which was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, then he goes, you know that scene right there? And it was the scene where the Emperor – so I'm sitting in the back of a Sprinter van, like limo lights and everything. The Emperor is literally sitting two feet, three feet in front of me, like face-to-face. -face. It was a trip. And uh, so he goes, you know, in that scene right there where he's walking down the shuttle right at the beginning of the Return of the Jedi, 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, whatever. And uh, – He's walking down the, the shuttle steps and he goes, do you know why that is? He's like, the really cool thing is all those guys that are lined up, they would have golf carts for all the stormtroopers and they would go behind them and they'd be like, stand up straight, put away your watch, do this. Because they, they were there for a long, long time. And he said, as I was going down the ramp, I had to walk down the ramp. That's the first scene with the emperor. The first time you see him walk. And uh, he goes, I had to walk down the ramp. But back in the day, instead of like CG eyeballs to make his eyes yellow, they had lenses that only had a little tiny slit in each lens. Um, and the whole thing was just yellow. So those were in his eyeballs, contact lenses that you couldn't see out of except for a slit, which allowed them to just paint the lens, you know. Um, so as he's walking down, he goes, well, I was walking down. I couldn't see where I was walking. So the whole reason why the wall, the emperor walks like a crippled old man is because he couldn't see. And he was like falling and catching himself going down the shuttle uh, thing. He was like, I couldn't even see the top of Darth Vader's helmet from the top of the shuttle when he was going down the stairs. Um, so that's, and he's like, and now I've been stuck and I have to walk that way <laughs> for the past 40, 40 years. He said, and uh, it was funny because when we were doing the Galaxy's Edge thing, I was telling you I got to go to Galaxy's Edge with them. Uh, well, when they take you out, when you're like with the Emperor, they take you out like this back door around the back. Like I got to smell garbage in Disney World. It was a trip because, you know, how they like hide that stuff. And uh, so I'm walking and man, I'm telling you, I'm a bigger guy. Disney World's big. And uh, I'm walking in. The Emperor is what, 70 years old now, man. And he was like 
boom. It was like 9.30 at night. He was running across the whole Disney park. I'm going behind him with a stitch in my side being like, <laughs> but he is a champion, man. And he, he it was really funny because he walks better at 70 years old than anybody I've ever known. So imagine having to be stuck walking like that for 40 years just because <laughs> you couldn't see in the first scene. Wow. Yeah. The little things, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't know. Well, there's a it. really – did you see when the Emperor was on stage, his little uh, thing where he was talking about sitting in the throne? I'll tell not, you. I, I missed that one. Okay. So the Emperor was doing his panel, and he's like – and now here's the secret that nobody knows. He's like, when we did the throne room scene, the throne broke. It was a motorized throne, and it broke and wouldn't work. So what they did is it was on ball bearings. So he goes, so whenever the throne turned, my feet were under it going like this. Because he would move his feet side to side to shimmy himself to turn the throne. So the emperor is turning the throne every time you see the throne turn with his little feet under his cape. Wow. So it's just very funny, man. But you never know. And you would never know in a million years. No. But his feet are going a mile a minute under that while he's turning around, you know, which is a trip. That that alone would have probably made him a little bit angry just doing yeah. that. Hey, um, real quick, um, just just to let everybody know as we hop in uh, in between here because we're talking uh, the ICC con, we're going to talk some Bad Batch and Mando here in a minute. But before we break and talk about those, next week is um, is our two hundred uh, show extravaganza. It's going to be a long night. Going to be a lot of things going on. Uh, already that we have as guests, uh, T Bob will be on Jack Harvey from the IndyCar racing circuit, uh, will be on, uh, Stephen Kent, who was a recent guest host for us. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. I'm just trying to read all the names. Um, you, you think I'd be able to read my own writing, right? Mark Thompson, Mark Thompson, uh, audio book, uh, narrator for star Wars books. Dude, Mark on Thompson. Here. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, a friend Mark of the show. I think he's the coolest person ever. We've had him on two or three different times. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Mark Thompson, I, I've listened to everything yeah. he's ever made. He reads the throne oh, book. He's oh, yeah. He, yeah. He also he's did awesome. some bumpers for our show, too, is like Yoda and uh, Jar Jar and. Uh, Dude. Yeah, he's uh, great. Thrawn. Guy. He's, yeah, he's done some guys, good stuff for us. Guys, use your Get me a voicemail. <laughs> I, we'll get you. Um, guys, I wrote down Dave. Who would be Dave? Who, who on our, who's been on our show named Dave? I'm blanking. Come on. I wrote down Dave. I should know this. Anyway, Steve Glosson is going to come by. Oh, Dave Jones. I didn't put the J oh, after it. The real, the, the real Dave, Dave M. Jones. Yes. The, the real Dave I just Jones. had Dave written down. I probably should have put Dave Jones so I could put that up. Georgia uh, Mafia. The, you the, Georgia, the Georgia, Mafia. Yes. Georgia Star Wars Mafia. Uh, Adam Bray is going to stop by. Steve Glosson is going to drop by. And today I was given a note that Drew Carpitian said he will come by and say hello as well. Um, so we'll have him. Uh, I've already got some recorded messages from Rural Farm Boy, uh, from Mark Newbold from StarWars.com, uh, Scott Rifen, Ryan McGee. They are all uh, sending us over uh, some audio messages for our 200th extravaganza. So we'll be playing those during the show as well. But we have a just a bevy of guests that are going to be on here and uh really excited. a plethora yes see si. a, a, a cornucopia <laughs> whatever way you guys want to go with it yeah we've got a lot of people coming on but so it's gonna be a long show lots of guests it's gonna be a copious lot amounts sure like that. Brent. yes copious amounts hey you know what we bugged michael plenty about icc Let, let's hop into 
let's go first to the Bad Batch double first, episode. Has everyone oh. seen the Bad Batch double episode so we can't spoil it for each other? Yes. D-Doc. Yes. I only D-Doc. dropped the ball two times. Okay. I got overwhelmed two times by the same day drops. Okay. I watched it, and trust me, I have a lot of opinions on some things about okay. it. So. I'm going to let you guys go in. We had episode 15, The Summit, and episode 16, Plan 99. I'll go around the room. I, D-Doc, you start. You have opinions. Some thoughts on the, the season ending of uh, Bad Batch. Yeah, I mean, I'll number one, I'll say if, if you're if you haven't watched it yet, you know, watch it before I talk about what I'm about to talk about. But I'm going right <laughs> to the thing that everybody was thinking about. And it's my guy right here. I, I just have him sitting. I just have him sitting on my desk in Teak? a special spot now. Are you talking about Teak? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just poor guy. I think yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> somehow, Star Wars, somehow man, tech- they'll just strap some robot legs on him. He'll be back. They somehow better. That's why well, I'm saying that scene was so. It, like it was like emotional. It's so funny yeah. to like watch these animated shows and feel the emotions that they put into them because it's like, it's like I had my kid down for nap time and I'm like, all right, well, let me knock out the two bad batch finale episodes. And here I am crying on the couch watching a freaking animated <laughs> show. You know, we've all been I have, there. I had literal tear going down the nose watching it. And I'm just, cause he was like one of my favorite characters in the show. Like, I don't know why I just, love them uh i just wish it didn't happen and to me it's like if he's gone he's gone that's it i do not want you to put me through those types of emotions and then just be like (laughs) he's back because i actually was reading an interview with um the actress who plays um omega and she said she thought it was like a joke basically when she saw it in her script and then she said she was kind of blown away by it but i know that stuff works because then they could technically put out the script next season and be like oh you know he's he's back or something i I do not want to he's back because if that's how we went it was a it was a hell of a way to go you know like he saved their asses basically but uh yeah that's like obviously that stands out to me i mean i thought it was a great two episodes and like i i pretty much give those two episodes a 10 out of 10 like broader picture i'll I'll say i know i'm only talking about one character but yeah (laughs) We can get into the plot details more with you guys. I'm just going to say I'm kind of crushed by uh, the fact that my boy is gone. Before we get into more detail, I have a quick question. Why do I feel like that planet is important? Why do I feel like that I've heard that planet before? Which planet? Ariatu. Like, I swear, like, I'd heard it before when they used the name. Am I making something up? Like... I feel like there's like a deeper meaning to the planet. I'm not sure. Was it in like some other show? Was it somewhere else? I feel like it was too, it sounded too new for me to be like that. I've heard that before. So it's it's over me, over my head. I don't know on Ariatu. Um, Alfie, I'm going to go to you next. Bad Batch, last two episodes. (sighs) They were really great. I agree with D-Doc. They were probably 10 out of 10 but as far as the series goes man to me it's just a little too little too late um this formula of four to six episodes a season being like really killer i I, it 
it's just too much. It's, it, I can be honest with you to say I will never watch The Bad Batch again except for a few episodes. Okay. And that's not really a knock on the show. I th- It's a good show. I understand it's for children. So it should have some what we would consider filler or, you know, episode of the week type of format. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's just time to either finalize this clone story or move somewhere else. You know, I think the, the whole clone war story has gone on too long. It's been stretched out too much. I want to see the end of it. I want to know what happens. But then again, at the same time, it's like, how many more stories can you make out of this? Okay. 16. (laughs) At least 16 more. Yeah, I would agree. Michael, (laughs) how how about you on the the last two episodes of Bad Bad? Uh, Okay. As far as the emotional part from the tech thing, yeah, totally. Um, That was a really cool scene. I have seen it before a few times in a bunch of different movies. Um, <laughs> like the same exact scene. Um, yeah. So that was all right, but I don't know. Um, as far as deciding to move to uh, Hawaii, I mean, that would be nice. I mean, I've had stressful days at work and I'd like to move to Hawaii. Uh, that seemed good that they got to do that too. Um, but otherwise, I thought the action sequences were awesome. I think yep. crosshair is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Um, as far, yeah, totally. I'm on the other side. But then again, <laughs> Imperial Commissary Collectors Convention. <laughs> yeah, I like the bad guys. Um, and then here's the other thing is I, I really thought that uh, as far as the interaction with Omega and the, the Clone Force 99, I think that's a great story. But I think that the direction of the show is more all over the place than ICC con. Um, and I'm a crazy person with too much money, so that's okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like you're making something. The thing is, all right, here's an example. As much as I like Crosshair, the waterboarding torture episode was way too rough for Star Wars cartoon. Uh, and then you're going to go give me one where it's like, hey, he just met Maui at the Hawaiian village one where it's like everybody's happy and dancing <laughs> around and we're living with seashells going fishing. I mean, you got to pick. Pick a lane. If you want to make it yeah. Ex Machina, great. I'm down. But if you want to make it Maui, you know, there's if it's going to be Moana, be Moana. If it's going to be... You know, ghost in the shell. Be ghost in the shell. The thing is, is that waterboarding episode I thought was ridiculously rough for little kids. And I thought the fairy tale Moana episode was really parochial for adults. So I don't know what they're picking. And that's what my problem is with it. That's my only problem with it. If they just picked a story and went with it or they went dark or they went light or they went whatever, I'm happy. But it's it's two different shows. I'm going into an episode not knowing if I'm going to be emotionally distraught by a death scene or if it's going to be like, I mean, dude, they they had like an earthquake for a whole episode or something. Mm-hmm. They like just showed up on some planet and it's like, we're going to have a tidal wave today. Well, but that's the Maui episode, right? I mean, it's yeah, a, but there should have been a bad guy or something. It was like natural disaster. That was fun. But I, <laughs> I didn't see it until I, the Duchess talked about it last week. Um, and so, so did Alfie and so did D-Doc. 
but this week even solidified it that Papu or whatever the hell the name that of Boca uh, Raclone, Boca, Boca Raclone, yeah. right? So Bo- is on Scarif, and I didn't believe it or I didn't put any weight into it until I watched this episode, and they decided to throw Orson Krennic into the they little meeting of the minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like, was awesome. Yeah. And so you throw Krennic into the meeting with the Mines, and now all that does in my mind is solidify the fact that Papu is on Scarif. And I guarantee you these boys are going to re- go to Boca Raclone and then get blown away not realizing it. Ah, that's crazy. So they're going to end up on, like, Scarif, on, like, the other side of the planet. and just So, so wow. the, the theory that's was that... That's pa- <laughs> Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> the theory was that Papu is is one of the islands that is part of Scarif, so it's away from the base, but it's the island of Scarif, and that uh, that earthquake that they had that caused the gigantic tidal wave could possibly have been from testing the Death Star, causing some issues, right, or whatever they're doing on Scarif. So now, like, the, okay, that was that well, was the, the idea. That was the, the idea timing around. Yeah, the timing wasn't matching up with Rogue One or anything. You're you're not no, saying that. You're I'm not uh, saying it's Rogue One. I'm what I'm saying is like there the earth there's a possibility there's some testing going on by the by the Empire on Scarith. This planet is on Scarith. This planet is Scarith. And you're tying Orson Krennic in. I know Alfie's probably got something. What I'm trying to say is you put Scarith, you put Krennic in there, you have this earthquake that Papu that could possibly be Scarith. It makes it more plausible that it is Scarith where Papu is. It makes it have a point, too. Go, Alfie Ray. I said this last episode when we talked about it. The, the whole uh, canon story of the Death Star now is all over the place, and it's really hard to nail down where it was or where it was being built. But I could see that the laser itself being tested at Scarif because that was the big holdup was the laser. Yes. Okay, I can do that. Um, I, I look. I, I'm a bullet point guy. I went through the episodes and I was just like, okay, things I want to remember. I just really like the idea that they're hiding on Scarif. I think not knowing it. If they're hiding on Scarif, then I retract my (laughs) Moana statement because I think that's a great idea. I didn't think of it till right now. I heard it. Honestly, I didn't think about it until they said it, and I honestly didn't hmm. uh, didn't put any faith into it until I saw Homeboy sitting there talking to Tarkin upstairs and Hemlock, right. all of them guys sitting uh, sitting and yes. talking. So, yeah. So yes. So to follow up on that, Brent, we see Tarkin, we see yeah. Saw Gerrera, we see Orson Krennic. Uh, this is where the show goes right, in my opinion, when you're tying all these things. From the end of episode three up towards Rogue One and up towards A New Hope, tying together is good. I like all that. Put a put a bow on it. Um, those things were good. Uh, you know, we see clone tubes in the background when when uh, Omega's taken to Waylon to Tantus, right? And uh, and then obviously we see Crosshair, but then uh, we find out that one of the scientists. Is her sister? Do we because have an she's a clone? Because she's a clone. Yes. I mean, what do we what do we think about that? That's another female clone out of out of uh, out of Django, right? They were using Django to make all these clones. Go ahead, D Doc. Yeah, I mean, I I thought right away in the um, Crosshair episode uh, 
I guess it was, you know, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. yeah. Before this one that I, I thought that the they were showing the expressions on her face a decent amount when she was putting him under. I mean, she was still following orders, um, but I, I don't know. Something seems a bit uh, something seemed a bit off with her to me. And I also thought her voice kind of sounded similar to Omega's like like kind of like an adult version with a bit less of a accent to it, I'd say. So when she said that, I was like, all right, that kind of makes sense. But I just don't know. I don't understand what what they're trying to to do here is really what I'm like. What 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 is the uh, like kind of like what Alfie has said about sequel stuff? Like, what is your end goal? What are you trying to do? What do, what do you need Omega for? What do you what do you have all these guys on these, um, you know, hospital beds uh, strapped down for what are you what are you going for uh, i saw alfie do you do you have the answer for me no i don't have the answer and this is one thing that has really bothered me about the show now all of a sudden like three episodes from the end of the second season the empire wants omega again like why did they stop wanting her yeah, you know, if you think back to the first season, I know the yeah. Cam and are the ones that put the bounty on her, but you would think it's like all of a sudden nobody wanted her. Now they want her again, and there's this female clone, and we never really got an explanation. If you think back to like the first episode, I think uh, the Cam and said there were five mm -hmm. altered clones, and you think Omega is one of them, but how was she altered? You know, you assumed at first that as she was female, but now if there's another female, then that does she have some, you know, superhuman trait like the others in clone force 99 that we just don't know about yet. Um, it's a good question. Another thing that got brought up is that we all kind of saw it coming. Sid was going to turn on him. We all, we all saw that coming early in the season. And, uh, that's good. I'm done with Sid. I think we're all done with Sid. Yeah. Rhea Perlman, great. Thanks for bringing cheers to, to Star Wars. But uh, it went on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> but you also kind of suck. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, go ahead, Brent. Don't so bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and say that this was my original thought. I tried to stay away from the from the YouTubes and the interwebs, and but I read a, a post. And I, I, I think it has some validity, So, and I can't even give it the person's due, but it's somebody else's thought. And it kind of goes back to what is the point of this. So the guy or, or lady, I can't remember who it was, said that this was basically Empire Strikes Back. So the entirety of this season was Empire Strikes Back in that the Empire wins, the hope is lost, things have gone awry. The Bad Batch had somebody turn on them and turn them in, just like Lando turned in everybody in Empire Strikes Back. Han gets separated and pulled in a different direction. You lose some people. And so it is at a darker, dim dimmer place as Empire Strikes Back. And if they have the, the next season, so the next season could be then Return of the Batch, right? So it's like Return of the Jedi, and you get the Batch together, and you do a little Hard. more Bad Batchery. Are the are the Hoojibs from the old Marvel comics going to come in and be the Ewok version of the Bad Batch? Do you guys know who the Hoojibs were? Were they no. the little like rabbit people? Little rabbit pink yeah. white people that yeah they were like little rabbits in the Star Wars Marvel comics. I hate if, that if, I know that. <laughs> anyway, um, I like spacesuits, right? Um, no, that's Jackson. No. I think you're talking about Jackson. 
Jackson's in. He's a six foot tall rabbit that that has a spacesuit. But there's a, like for the last twenty episodes, I think of Star Wars Marvel comics in the seventies and eighties. They had these little funny rabbits that were. Everywhere. They had like an so, antenna. Yeah, it's you, you gotta go check it pink. out if you if you want to see some fun, cool, weird stuff from Star Wars back in the day. That was one of them. But before when this season started off, I I, I said, look, three seasons is going to be enough for me on Bad Batch. You know what? We got to this point. If if like you said, Brent, this was the Empire Strikes Back version. Great, make the next one the Return of the Jedi one of of the Bad Batch. Let's finish this story. It's not that I dislike these characters. I like a lot of these characters. There's a lot of things I do like about it. But like Alfie said, I'm not a big believer in going up and down. Kid to more adult, kid to more adult. Get in your lane, finish the story, and and go from there. So that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I I, I wanted to say too that I think Michael was making a good point because I was watching this with my like kid to start, it, and it's like. Some of these episodes that I watched, because I actually there was some more serious stuff happening in it. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I wanted to see it or whatever yet. And I kind of finished it out and I actually told him I finished the season. And he was like, what? Like, he kind of like forgot about it because I, I probably skipped out on like six episodes just because some like like Michael was saying, he's like, I don't know if you're going to have the fun story with Omega, like having fun and growing as a kid or if you're going to be getting waterboarded in it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, and he probably would have been devastated with tech because they did like mm. they did make tech like a pretty big focal point of this season. Like, I guess I should have seen it coming, like when they had him, you know, in that like, you know, weird type of pod racing episode and stuff like that and his his relationship with Omega and like him trying to kind of get in touch with his emotions through the season. Like tech was like kind of like a focal point of the show. You could say they even got him a girlfriend this season to make him more. I know exactly. And he still did. He was, he was like, wait a second. What? When he was like leaving her, she's like, (laughs) she's like, make sure you come back. And he's just like, he's like, well, I don't know uh, what's going to happen out there. She's just, and she knows him. She knew him though, so she's just like, whatever, goodbye. <laughs> and the I problem know with is. with Tech though was he was the same character as Echo, and you can't have two of the same character on a. He's super more likable though, in my opinion. That's the thing yeah. that sucks to me. And I agree with you one hundred percent. But Echo opens up the storylines of the underground clone resistance. Yeah, it's hard so. to hug with a screwdriver for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, I'm gonna go back to the whole ASD, the uh, autism spectrum disorder, and I feel like Tech is way more of an ASD character, and does a really good job of trying to illustrate the autism spectrum disorder than Echo does. I agree that they are basically the same character, and they did the same things, but uh, it's it sucks that he was somebody that was representing that population to some people who watch this. And now he may not be there. At the same time, he's also the one that's going to make the calculated decision to do what he did because yeah. of the way that he thinks. At the same time, they all have to die one by one. Do they have to die one by one, or can they all die in a well, that's the big explosion of Scarif? No, that's, no, that's no. They'd all die one at a time, each death being. That's what Star Wars does. More, yeah. <laughs> you know, emotional. <laughs> Hey, we, we we burn up Bad Batch. Let's hop into Mando, Season 3, Episode 5, The Pirate. We're back on Navarro again. That that mossy, grassy pirate's back. Gor- Gorian pirate. Shard. Broccoli Pirate. Yeah. Um, 
I, he reminds like me of Pizza the Hut. <laughs> he's a veggie Pizza the Hut. He's a veggie he, Pizza the Hut. <laughs> he is, man. That's like I can't not Love see it. it. Um, you know what? We we started off one direction. We're gonna go. Oh, Brent just disappeared on us. Um, Michael, I'm gonna let you lead the way on this one. Thoughts on this Uh-oh. episode of Mando season three, episode five? Uh, I think Mando is great. It's definitely my favorite show. Um, it's really, really amazing. Uh, I I liked it a lot. I like the uh, Mando factor. I like the Bo-Katan factor. Um, I like her losing her helmet to bridge the gap. I think we could use somebody like that in real life. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I also liked... Uh, Man, to tell you the truth, what I really like about the Mando, uh, the most recent episode was the... Uh... <sighs> All right. You know how like they go to Navarro and they take the thing? To tell you the truth, what really screwed me up was that darn when they found that shuttle. Because I thought it was going to be somebody completely different. Yeah. Because I didn't remember that they took him away in a shuttle like that. I was like, that's going to be like, I don't even know who, man. Like Ezra. You know? Right. But uh, so... It, it 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 was really cool because it it kind of like shows more of the the mando ethos and stuff like that and i really appreciate that part of the show probably the most man i like the uh you know what it is to be a mandalorian the spotting of the mythosaur the changing of her uh pauldron uh like i like all those things that are happening now which are bringing the Mandalorians together and them finding the best car in the shuttle um, means that is that the death watch? I don't know. Is that why Sabine was sitting alone on her throne or not Sabine? Uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan was sitting alone on her throne because all the other Mandos, because there were Mandos that were very, mm-hmm. very Imperial Mandos. Like that was their team. Uh, so maybe it's that. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I'm very, very excited to see. And man, the Mandalorian Zeb was an explosion. And I am waiting for the Mandalorian ship to get sucked up by a tractor beam in the final episode and it open up and there be all big old blue there with his bright red eyes staring back at him. And that's what I want to see. Mark Thompson, how you get Mark Thompson on your show, dude? That's so cool. You don't even know. Called him. I listen to him all the time when I'm on my lawn, man. <laughs> he is uh he is awesome and ah. he's great. And we've uh, we've had Sorry, Jonathan... I was just thinking he's my favorite Grand Admiral Thrawn sound ever is Mark Thompson. We will tell you know what? Next week I'm gonna tell him that and I'll get cool. you over his info. He's a great guy. Yeah, um, well, I'm out, man. Yeah, yeah he's he's great. By the way, you speaking of that. And the other great memory from last year, the IACCC, was uh, meeting Timothy Zahn and having him sign exactly. a book. I He's mean, super nice. Man. That was freaking great. Yeah. Uh, the guy who put that all together was there, standing there, just signing things for us. He was he was a great guy. But um, so uh, the things I like, little he'll broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Willie. Um, That's so, great. I loved uh, I loved the music when you showed up to the military the little military uh, hangout there the I don't know what kind of music it was but it was fun uh, and then seeing a Y wing come flying in like that my favorite that ship cool. I love the Y wing um, a female snaggletooth was the bartender how crazy is oh, that yeah. and then of course like you said there's there's our friend Zeb right there uh, who was awesome Captain Tiva you know 
I think this started giving you a little feel of what the Rangers of the New Republic was going to be like. Exactly. With having some of this going on. So <laughs> we've got another uh, scroll there from DDoc. Thank you. That's great. Uh -huh. um, but but uh, I thought this episode was a lot of fun. There was a lot of great things in it. Um, I, I like the term walks in both worlds. Like you mentioned about uh, Bo-Katan being able to take the helmet off while everybody else wasn't able to right. walk, walk in both worlds. I, like you mentioned, it'd be great if a lot more people did that, right? We can walk in both worlds. Um, and then, like you said, the ending, I wasn't sure who to expect or what the expected storyline to be in there. Uh, but I thought it was well done. And I, I can't see that the group of Mandos that's with Bo-Katan or, or with uh, Din Djarin or the, the, uh, what's her name? Um, the armorer, uh, you know, I don't see them being the ones who let him out. It was either planted there, or like you said, it was some of the imperialistic Mandos that used to be around that got, uh, oh, Brent's phone died, by the way, everybody. Um, <laughs> the, the imperial Mandos from rebels and from clone wars and so forth, they got uh, Moff Gideon out of there. So, uh, I really like this episode a lot. Alfie, so, I'll go to you. What, what, what were some of your thoughts on this? This is like what the third, second or third episode of just Mando's flying around, just doing awesome Mando shit the entire episode. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't believe it's real. Yeah. I mean, I know some people are, oh, the story's not going anywhere. And it's like, what do you mean? There's like freaking three dozen Mando's doing cool ass shit every episode. <laughs> and, it, I, you know, the, we're kind of missing the point that this season is setting up in it ended in this episode with that realization that Mandos are stronger together mm -hmm. and that they're this scattered tribe all across, you know, the galaxy. And it's time for them to, you know, let go of their differences and become the Mandalorians again. I really liked this episode. Uh, like I said, I mean, the whole assault on Navarro, that was awesome. Um, I, I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to really, follow the rest of the story because I'm just blown away by all the Mandalorian stuff. I'm, I'm just being honest, you know, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Well, think about this in these stories, we're tying in things from the Clone Wars <laughs> rebels and the sequel trilogy all into one series. We have right. puffer pig mentions by Gory and Shan. We have the Babu freak family coming in, right? I mean, so you're going from puffer pigs in star Wars rebels to, to uh, the Babu freaks from the sequel trilogy all being wrapped up into one thing here. I mean, right. how cool is that? To, like I said earlier, tying these things together, putting a bow on them is what I think majority of Star Wars fans want. So I would agree. Doing a great job with this. And the shuttle thing was done really well because it does throw a wrench into the story with this piece of, now he says Beskar alloy, which is different than Beskar. So, that would be like, yeah, that would be more like what Death Watch had or the Imperial Super Commandos. You know, did, was, was there ever an actual death of Gar Saxon in Rebels? I know. I know he got captured. I don't think he actually died. He got captured in the Clone Wars. And mm -hmm. then I, I can't remember if he had an actual death in Rebels or not. Did did Sabine's mom kill him or did they just capture him? Wasn't he still around for that whole battle that took place in Rebels? Was he leading some of them against? Yeah, isn't her? that who Sabine beat in the? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember a kill, a, a death. So I'll have to look that up. 
but so yeah. I mean it, it's it very feasible. Guard Saxon died in disgrace, a traitor to his world and his people. His death would serve as a turning point for all Mandalore. He was succeeded by governor of Mandalore by his younger brother Tiber Saxon. Sure. I don't. I don't remember him dying. Do you? I don't remember it, but it obviously happened. So. Uh, oh. oh, there we go. When Sabine defied Mandalorian tradition by sparing his life, Saxon tried to kill her with his blaster, but was shot right. dead by Ursa. Yeah. There we go. There you go. See, I, it's good. Yeah. Um, what? What also bringing back? So it's the, not him. <laughs> not no. him. Going back to the Mandalorian episode that had a, a, a smidgen of Andor in the middle of it, uh, Elia <laughs> Kane, is that right? Is that her name? The the spy, the double, the the whatever, G68 that they call her. Um, she's still playing her games. She wanted to make Whoa. sure the New Republic did not go help uh, out there. Was go that ahead, Tim Elia. Meadows from Saturday Night Live? It was Absolutely. Tim Meadows, yeah. yes. I thought yeah, was. that was that was a uh, like that meme with Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. Right when I saw Tim Meadows, I was like, "What? Tim Meadows is in Star Wars?" I, what I was the him. What was the movie he did where it was him as a star and he was like, "Oh, a ladies' man" from the character he did on oh, Ladies' Man. Was it called Ladies' Man? <laughs> Holy crap! How did I not think about that? As we yeah. sit down with our glass of Cavassier, he is the radio guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's popped into my head right away i was like oh yes right there uh yeah great call on that tim meadows random random movie i loved him in was the even stevens movie that hit me uh back in my age when i was a kid he was in the even stevens disney channel original movie he was great in that oh my gosh Uh, i'm sure he probably forgets that he was even in the even stevens movie but loved him so i was hyped to see him in this but go one ahead, point Al. I wanted to make. Oh, go ahead, no, Al. go ahead, Duck. You got it. You, you were on it. One thing I was going to say uh, about Mando so far this season is they are putting some budget into these uh, ships and to the to the sky battles. I'll say, yeah. like they are really because <clears throat> it. As we said with Kenobi, sometimes it looked like a TV, like a you know TV show stuff like that. It's like these ships look freaking awesome like that pirate ship was badass like i loved seeing that thing i loved the paint job on it i love the visuals yep. of it over navarro and all of the pods dropping out of the bottom of it with all the cannons to make it feel like that pirate ship right. even though it still feels like star wars and you got like the little guys on the ship i could not help but to think of kermit the frog and the muppets with that guy sit with the, the main pirate sitting in the in the uh What's his name again? Uh, the Green uh, Gorian Shand. Gorian Shand, yeah, Mr. Broccoli Rob, as uh, Willie said. So you guys are going back to Marvel Comics again, like in like in the first fifteen episodes of Marvel Comics, you know, after the Star Wars original six came out, there was pirate ships in that. Do you remember that, Alfie? Mm-hmm. And 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 some of those characters looked like they were straight pulled out of Marvel Comics with the scruff beard and the little pirate hats on, it looked like I was back watching or reading those again as well. So another Marvel comic. He reminded me of Smitty. Is it Smitty his name from like Jake and the Neverland Pirates? You know, Captain Hook's little guy. Oh gosh. Yeah. Schmeeg. Yeah. He was played by gosh, famous actor. And I'm forgetting his name. Um, 
he was in Made in Manhattan. He was Schmeeg. He was. Uh, didn't he play Mario in the Mario movie? The original Mario was he? I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name. He was in Hook. Come on, somebody go look that up. Who was in Hook? Rufio. I'm I'm looking up stuff right now. Uh, yes, Rufio. But uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, it. it I look, you're right, uh, Michael. Mando sitting on all cylinders. For the people who don't get it, they must have a grudge against something like this. They must not like the way the storyline's going for what they imagine Star Wars to be or whatever. But this is, this is, in my opinion, it's we've called it before the great unifier. And it's because you've got a little bit of everything from all segments Clone Wars, Rebels, original trilogy, sequel trilogy, all wrapped up in this show. Go ahead, Michael. I have a question for everybody here. Do you think the people that have any kind of issues with Mando, the reason why they have those issues is because they have not seen every last bit of Star Wars media like you need to to be prepared for the show? Because, man, I get really, really excited about, like, space whales that you can sort of see in the background. But I'm like, oh, you know? I would like, agree with that. If you're not like a super Rebels nerd, you don't remember space whales. If you've seen Rebels once 15 years ago, you don't remember the space whales. But I, I agree with that to an extent, but I also think Mando is like the easiest for a non diehard Star Wars fan to watch because yeah. it's so enjoyable and there's so oh, much. Oh, it's action. easy to start with, yeah. too. But yeah. that's yeah. And Mando so explains everything because, you know, Mando's the only person in Star Wars that has never like experienced anything in Star Wars. So he, every, he has to ask questions about every little thing, which I get, you know, because that's kind of the angle they're going with this show is, Hey, you can sit down and watch it because you like baby Yoda. Okay. Well, we'll draw you in with a little bit more. And before you know it, you're, you know, looking up translations from, you know, Mandalore stuff. But they give you enough of the, enough of the original hits there that you can, I don't know, man, like, you know how it is. Remember how like, You'd see in, I don't know, they would come out like an M. Night Shyamalan movie and you're just watching for like the red in the background because you know that's like, there's the ghost. (laughs) Like, it's that kind of stuff, you know, where it's like, I don't know, man. I think it's really cool because, yes, I think not only does it bring in the new folks like you're talking about because it does explain it, but for the old folks like us, it gives us stuff that is just like, man, the only way you're going to know that stuff is if you've seen it all a couple times. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree. But it's like not I said. crucial to the story, the parts of it yet. Like, I mean, Zeb was some guy at a bar. To anybody that's just watching Mando for the first time, it was a guy at a bar. To anybody that's diehard Rebels, you literally crapped on your couch at <laughs> 4 a.m. on a Wednesday. That's why I, I group watch with a buddy who's literally never watched a single second of animated. So, like, yeah. he's only ever watched um, live action. And when he saw Zeb, he was just like, that guy's pretty cool looking. I'm like, you don't know anything about him. (laughs) It's like, and I try to lightly nudge people in the direction of the animated because I'm a late comer to the animated shows myself. Like I didn't, I didn't watch Clone Wars till I guess at this point, maybe it's a year and a half ago or maybe two years. Like I was, I was just late to the game on that stuff because I was just like, Oh, it's animated. It's a kid show. Like I don't need to watch that. And, And then you start watching it. You realize what it's about. And then you just see all this stuff in these shows that's so related to them. Like I, I'm, I'm finishing Rebels now. I'm a late to the game Rebels guy. It's like literally my last piece of Star Wars. But I was texting before this episode. I think I texted in our group text and said, 
there's so many elements of rebels that are so like visual mm -hmm. in mandalorian and then next thing you know zeb shows up it's, like, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy so it's like yeah. that's why i said i think the force is real because i was watching i was binging some rebels literally the night before that new mando episode and then there's nice. that so it's awesome well i i appreciate you guys all coming here tonight i know we've been rambling about a bunch of different things um i'll run across the room here real quick and and just see alfie any closing thoughts as as we uh, finish up this episode of uh, rule the galaxy yes uh first uh michael thanks for coming on and i'm so excited for this year's convention i can't wait i've got a few things that i'm going to be looking for and i really hope <laughs> i find them and mando man i I I just can't say it. I love this show. It's as a, growing up a Boba Fett fan, it's like we always say, it's it's how we we played with toys as a kid. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I I keep saying I can't believe like this is really real. Like to think back and tell, you know, six year old me 40 years ago that one day there's just going to be this show about Mandalorians and it's going to be badass. So I'm excited. I think this is a real, you know turning point to the bigger part of the picture of the season and i'm excited to see where it goes you got it brother you got it d doc how about you thanks for all the work you're doing on the on the show by the way absolutely yeah no i'm i'm just uh you know i'm i'm happy with uh where star wars is at right now i wish tech didn't die i'm kind of sad about that <laughs> I'm happy i got his black series figure sitting here next to me and i hope they make some black series figures of their uh new outfits about three years from now can't wait to see those <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean michael it's great having you on i can't wait to go to the convention i appreciate all the work you do to just make it like just to, just to make it like a good experience for the people going you're you're like a guy who's running this huge thing where it's like you're you're thinking of like the little guy the entire time and you've been doing it for some years now too and you're still as you're growing you're still doing that so as the word spreads, it's just going to keep getting bigger and it's just going to keep blowing up and appreciate you doing that work. Thanks, man. I fan. appreciate that a lot. Michael, I'm, I'm going to let you finish up here before I close it up. Uh, any any closing words from you before uh, yeah. we break um, down? Uh, first and foremost, uh, thank you very much to the guys of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast, of course. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for talking about the show. Uh, it's people like you that make this happen and keep it in people's minds throughout the year. Um, as far as where Star Wars is right now, I am I couldn't be happier. I get to wake up on a Wednesday, every single Wednesday at the crack of dawn, and boom, there's new Star Wars. I lived through a time where there was nothing new Star Wars until the man himself, Timothy Zahn, came out and made a magical <laughs> universe in those three books, man. But... Uh, so I appreciate every little bit of it. Even if there's a section I don't like, I love that section. And the reason why is because it makes sure that there's Star Wars on for me every Wednesday morning. So I love that about it. Um, as far as last things, uh, check out the convention, icnashville.com. You can follow us on social media at ICCCNashville. Um, you can also follow the hashtag, hashtag ICCCon. You can see it all down the bottom there on my picture. Um, and then as far as uh, the upcoming event, it's going to be nuts. I'm very excited to see everybody again. The wonderful part about this convention, and you you just said it perfectly, man, that uh, it seems like I try to look for the little guy, but that's not what I'm trying to do. 
we're all little guys and we're all big guys. We're collectors of Star Wars stuff, and that makes us all exactly the same. Every collection, no matter how rich the person is or how little they have, every collection, you have two figures on a shelf. That's a collection, and that collection is just as good as the greatest collection because they are all different. They are all a fingerprint. They are all a snowflake, and they all make us us, and that's the wonderful part about this, and I'll never lose that vision, man, and the reason why is because there is absolutely no money in this. I hemorrhage <laughs> cash all the time, but the only thing that keeps me going is the smiles I see on faces, and in a world like today, man, if you could give one person a smile, that's a hell of a thing. If you could give 10,000 people a smile in a weekend, it, there is no better feeling in the world. So believe me, I'm very selfish with that feeling, and that's why I do it. Uh, but I love it. So all you got to do to pay me back, everybody in the world, is you got to just smile and say hello and help your fellow collectors. You got to teach. You got to learn. You got to grow the hobby. That's what we all have to do. Well, Michael, it, it, again, like those guys said, thank you. It's It's been just a blessing to have you on. We we We'd love to have fun with you. you. You've been great to come on our show. You've been great to let us come down and be a part of, of the ICC con. Uh, we, we've, we've been trying to be good ambassadors, like you mentioned. You guys are great, man. You're you know, whether it's social media day. or our show, we, we, yeah, we try to let people know. And look, there's going to be people you're going to meet at this thing, and you're going to stay friends with them for the rest of your life, just like we have. And it's Well, the thing is, great. is half of them you already know from the internet, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like some random person who goes, hey, I'm, uh, what was the guy before? Uh, Willie Harms. Yeah, hey, yeah Brent. I'm, I'm Willie Harms. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. uh, that's the wonderful thing, is you meet you meet internet friends that become real-life friends, and I don't mm -hmm. know everybody else out there, but usually over the age of about 32 years old, you don't make too many new friends. And I make lots of new friends with this thing every year. And I know you guys do too. And that's the best part of it. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have somebody to talk to when I'm 80 years old. And I'll be like, I can't see the logo on the back of the Boba Fett, but what kind do you think I have? You know, and I'm cool with that, man. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Well, thanks again, guys. Alfie, D-Doc, always thanks for being the rock of the show. Brent, I know your phone died, but we love you, man. Thanks for being a part of it. We can't wait till all of us are down there together and, and sharing that fun experience. And it'll be actually, Michael, just so you know, it'll be the first time we meet D-Doc in person. We, you know, he's awesome. in Philly. We're here in Indiana. It's crazy. So we're coming to Tennessee to meet up with our good pal D-Doc. So it's going to be great. Beautiful. So uh, to all of our listeners, to all of our followers, Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Go support the ICC Con in Nashville if you get a chance because it's a great event. We hope to see you down there and run into more people that we like we ran into last year. Go ahead, Michael. If we don't, if you don't have a chance, because we know D Doc had his, uh, he had the baby last year and he didn't have a chance, so he had to follow along with the live streams on the podcast. Well, what we're doing this year is we're also going to put it out a full live stream of the panels and the show. Um, we have Carly King, who's going to be walking around live reporting on site. So we will give that away 100% free to everybody um, that can't make it or can't afford to make it this year. We know it's tough. Um, so, yeah, live streams, all that stuff will be happening, too. Um, so all your people, if they can't make it, they can watch it at home for free. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, another great episode of Rule the Galaxy. And we will be back next week for our 200th episode extravaganza. Uh, and I'm going to go get Mark Thompson's phone number to, <laughs> to <laughs> Michael so he can get him at a future show because he's a great guy. And to everybody out there, until next week, may the force be with you.